0: Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Chin Jong of People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Zhang.
1: I'm so happy to be here.
0: Haven't seen you in a long time.
1: I know. It's been a while. I'm
0: glad you're here. Dr. Zhang is a board-certified medical oncologist at People's Cancer Institute. Dr. Zhang specializes in adult cancer, and hematology disorders. She completed her internship and residency at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and her medical oncology hematology fellowship at the University of Chicago Hospitals. Thank you for coming back on Health for Life. You were here with us a few months ago. How have you been doing?
1: I've been great.
0: Good, glad to hear it. Today, we're gonna be talking about COVID-19 and some blood disorders that are associated with this virus. Dr. Jung, what are some of these blood disorders that are associated with COVID-19?
1: There's still a lot that we don't know about COVID-19. We do know that, obviously, it's a respiratory viral infection. From the standpoint of blood disorders, we know that it causes changes in our blood levels in many different ways. In the interest of time, I'd like to focus on three different type of blood changes that it could cause. The first would be lower white blood cell count called lymphopenia. The other would be an elevated risk for clotting or thrombosis. And the third would be lower platelet count, also called thrombocytopenia.
0: Well, now today, we're, let's, let's talk about intravascular thrombosis. What is that in What do we need to know about
1: that? That's the most important thing that we need to talk about, actually, because it puts people who has COVID as well as people who has had COVID at a higher risk of clotting. And that's what it is. It's essentially increased risk of clotting as well as increased risk of bleeding at the same time.
0: Dr. John, what are some of the other blood disorders that can be caused by COVID-19?
1: So it could really stress our bone marrow out to where it's not able to produce the normal amount of white blood cells, which is also called lymphopenia, and it could decrease our platelet count as well, which is what we're seeing more and more commonly. That's called thrombocytopenia.
0: Gotcha. Let's start with lymphopenia. Uh, What exactly is lymphopenia? What is this condition?
1: It's actually a response response to any type of trauma that our bone marrow experiences. You can get it from exposure to new medication, and in this case, it's an exposure to a new virus. It's not usually life-threatening unless you are also super infected by another bacterial or viral infection. Usually, patients recover quite well and their bone marrow stabilizes and it's able to produce the normal amount of white blood cell count after a few weeks.
0: Now, this is associated with COVID-19.
1: That's right. It is commonly associated with COVID-19.
0: Okay, what about neutrophilia? What is neutrophilia?
1: So it seems almost contradictory because on one hand, we see white blood cell count that's decreased in our blood called lymphopenia, which is what we just touched on. However, on the other hand, we see a higher number of neutrophils, which is a type of white blood cell count, and that's an appropriate response to COVID-19 infection. That means that our body is producing white blood cells Despite the overall low number of white blood cells It's producing a higher number of neutrophils To combat this infection
0: How does COVID-19 cause thrombocytopenia
1: that's just a fancy word of um, saying that our platelet count is decreased in our bone marrow we make three main different types of cells so the first are red cells the second are white blood cell count and the third are platelets so platelets act to help us stop bleeding if we were to suffer any kind of scratch or trauma or you know puncture. So when platelets are decreased, we're at a higher risk of bleeding, both internally as well as obviously externally. So that's very important for patients to know. If they've been experiencing COVID infection active or prior infection, they do have a higher risk of having thrombocytopenia.
0: Dr. John, tell me how is thrombocytopenia and thrombosis, how are they treated? How do you treat those?
1: So let's take it one at a time, because although they sound very similar, they're almost exact opposite. So with thrombocytopenia, that's when platelets are decreased. In the acute setting, meaning if you had just been infected by COVID-19, it could be due to a number of reasons, especially if you're in the hospital. It could be due to exposure to new medication. It could be due to bone marrow trauma it could be due to the actual virus or it could be due to thrombosis causing thrombocytopenia so in the hospital the main treatment is monitoring as well as possibly platelet transfusions so what we are seeing more and more now in the outpatient setting are a type of chronic thrombocytopenia so when patients have recovered from their covid-19 infection their platelets are still low and it's what we believe to be a type of ITP or idiopathic thrombocytopenia, which means that we don't know what's causing it. it. It very likely could be an autoimmune reaction from the prior exposure to this COVID-19 or it could be anything else. But management is either monitoring if the platelet count is not life-threatening or we would start you on a oral pill which is a type of steroid to help your body combat any kind of autoimmune condition which is what may be causing this thrombocytopenia. The key is just to be aware if you are experiencing easier bruising, um, changes with your bowel movement as in blood in your stool or bloody noses, Um, especially for patients who has known exposure or active exposure to COVID-19. Knowing to ask um, for your platelets to be checked and that you might be at a higher risk of bleeding is very important.
0: Tell me about thrombosis.
1: So COVID-19 is very interesting in that it causes both a high risk of bleeding as well as a higher risk of clotting. So those are the opposite ends of the spectrum, but it definitely can do both at the same time. With thrombosis, it being a fancier way of saying increased risk of clotting or having a clot, this virus can increase our inflammation in our body. And as a result, cause all of our cells to go essentially crazy and start making inflammatory markers, and that puts us at a very high risk of clotting. When you are in the hospital, the physicians there are very cognizant of this, and that's why large percentages of patients with COVID-19 in any concern, any concern for clotting would be put on a blood thinner. You would need to be discharged on a blood thinner when you go home, but this is from an educational standpoint for patients to know that they are at a high risk of clotting, especially if they have been acutely infected and are in the hospital.
0: Dr. John, thank you for sharing all of that great information. Tell us a little bit about People's Cancer Institute.
1: It's a beautiful building on the campus of Hamilton Medical Center on Memorial Drive in Dalton, Georgia. It houses both diagnostic and treatment services under one roof. This allows for Hamilton's expert team of medical oncologists, radiation oncologists, surgeons, and clinical support staff to work collaboratively to provide state-of-the-art care in a healing a nurturing environment, we are credited by the Commission on Cancer.
0: Dr. John, I'm sure that uh, there are people that are listening. Some of our listeners still do not have their COVID-19 vaccine. What advice would you give them?
1: I would strongly, strongly advise patients to be vaccinated. The benefit far outweighs the risk from an evidence-based standpoint. For patients who have had COVID-19 or recently diagnosed, the, the takeaway point from this is if you're experiencing new bruising or any kind of new bleeding, please Please don't put off seeing a physician because it may be related to your platelets or if you're experiencing new asymmetrical arm or leg swelling, you need to see a physician immediately because that could also be a clot.
0: Now, how dangerous is a blood clot?
1: Blood clots, if left undiagnosed, can be life-threatening. It can give you strokes. It can, you know, cause long-term disability in terms of arm or leg movement. So, it is so important to recognize the symptoms, which are asymmetrical. That's key. If one leg is bigger than the other, one arm is bigger than the other, or if it's redder or more painful, do not put off getting it evaluated. We usually evaluate it with an ultrasound um, to see if there's a clot. It's a non-invasive test. It does not hurt. They put gel on your skin and they put an ultrasound on you to see if if you have a clot. So it's very easy to check out.
0: Is that most common in legs and arms?
1: Thrombosis or clotting is most common in the lower extremities or the legs, but it can also happen in either arm.
0: Dr. John, thank you so much for coming in and being a guest with us here on Health for Life. It was great seeing you again.
1: So happy to be here.
0: For more information or an appointment at People's Cancer Institute, call 844 pci H-O-P-E, that's 844-PCI-HOPE, to make an appointment for a 3D mammogram at People's Cancer Institute or low-dose CT scan at Hamilton Diagnostic Center. Call 706-272-600. Five, six, five. to make an appointment for a colonoscopy at the bandy endoscopy center at hamilton medical center call 706-272-4127 and to learn more about people's cancer institute visit hamiltonhealth.com slash cancer this program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat any illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System.